Welcome in to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is Froggy Wednesdays here, and uh, we have had a crazy week in golf, to say the least, between the John Rom situation, Brooks and Bryson, everything going on. We've had the longest day in golf uh, on Monday for people qualifying for the U.S. Open, so it really has been a strange week in golf, and I'm proud to have a guest this week. We've got Brian Harmon. Welcome him in to the Stripe Show podcast. He's kind enough to give us his time. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, bud. Doing good. Thanks hey. for having me. Oh, are you kidding me? Thanks for coming on. I, uh, I you know what? I, I reached out to Brian on Instagram. I thought in, never in a million years is he going to see this in his uh, in his direct message, and you did. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you got it, man. You got, we got it. a lot to talk about, man. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. I know you've taken two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were off last week for the Memorial. You're not playing Congaree this week. Uh, getting ready for the U.S. Open, obviously. Yeah, uh, sucks, man. Uh, I've played Congaree a couple times, and um, it's awesome. It's a really cool place. It's hard to find a place to stay, but um, I think it's going to be a great tournament. And then uh, it, it's it's no fun to skip Jack's tournament, but I just don't ever plan to get there. I mean, I've played there like nine times. I got missed seven cuts, and I played well enough, I thought, to finish top five twice and finish like 30th and 25th. So, wow. It's a hard golf course. I, I don't know what it is, man, because sometimes, you know, um, sometimes I get the, you know, it just doesn't matter. So, some places just don't suit your eye. And I just feel like I can't get through 16, 17, 18 without making a six or worse. Right. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's just always eating my lunch. I might go try it again next year with the changes. It looked like he softened some stuff. I mean, I watched a good bit of it this week. Um, but it's a great tournament. You know, it always produces a pretty good champion too. Patrick Cantlay is obviously a fantastic player, and and uh, he likes that place. It is. He, he had won before, and, and you know what? That listen, I, I, I we got to talk about it. What do you make of this situation with John Rom leading coming off the third round on Saturday? He walks off, and they tell him right there on the 18th green in front of everybody, Jim Davis, yeah. calculating yeah. what's wrong. I mean, is that the place to do it? You know, it's they're in a hard spot because I don't think – well, first off, you can't – when they know he's positive, you can't let – now that they know he's positive, you can't let him go into the – because the scoring room there is very small, very – and he's got he's, – you know, he's not wearing – you know, most of us are not wearing masks. Once we get inside the scoring tent, we've already been – tested this that and the other so they can't let him go inside the room because he's going to be with two other guys that are going to be playing for the golf tournament the next day right so you can't let those guys get exposed inside and he got to get him before he talks to any media people so you know with fans now the the way that walk is from 18 to the score it's the only place they could do it unless they just grabbed him right before he went to scoring it was just a bad it was a bad spot for everybody there's nothing they could have done there to to have gotten him without it. I, mean, I know it. Yeah, hindsight's always perfect, but I don't know what else they could have done other than to have. I, I'm not so sure. Like the, the the only thing that doesn't make sense. I don't even know what time he finished, but I feel like right when they got the positive, the second positive, they should have gotten him off the golf course. If if you're gonna do that, go get him. Like go get him. Put him on a car. Get him out of there. Right. You know, don't now, my other question is why not let him play Sunday by himself? I mean, he had a six shot lead. Why not put somebody in the car to watch him? I understand he can't go out there by himself. Him and his caddy. You've got to have, uh, you know, somebody watching and, and keeping score and everything. I, I get that. 
Well, it's Caddy's it's Katie's vaccinated. I know um, I talked to him at the players, and he was about to go get a shot. Um, and uh, so I, I don't think his caddy would have had a would have had a problem. I think the problem you run into with the tour now, now that we've got fans, is that you open up all, an entire just like cacophony of liability. If someone at the tour, you know, or someone watching gets gets sick and then gives it to someone else who gets sick, and they can you can't say for a hundred percent that it wasn't John Rom that passed it to him. Right. So now the tour knows that John Ron's positive, lets him play, a guy gets sick, and like then the tour. I mean, it's a nightmare. It's yeah. it's a nightmare and it and it stinks. And I and I hate even like defending, you know, what we've had to do because I feel like that as players, we're the ones that are on the brunt end of this. You know, they're not they're not testing spectators. They're not, you know, we're the ones that are getting tested. We're the ones that have the 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 chance to not get to play. We're the ones that that things like what happened to John Rahm, this possibility to happen to us. And, and that, that part of it is bad on the flip side of it. Um, we're still getting to work. We're still getting to play. We're still getting to travel. We're still getting to do our thing. And so for that, like I'm eternally grateful, but it certainly has not been an easy go of it. No, I mean, I mean the tour has done a great yeah. job of, of, of everything back exactly. on track. And moving things along and getting us back where we are, I think the tours handled it very, no very well. No and doubt. Now they're not testing if you're vaccinated, correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah, they're not text, te- uh, testing vaccinated, which you know it's just they're just going by what you know whatever the CDC says is what we what we go with, and that's been you know CDC is kind of their fall guy, and whatever they say kind of goes, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in California in a couple of weeks. I know they're still. You know, pretty stringent. And uh, last time we were there, it was it was rough. I mean, health department. I, when we were in, um, I guess the PGA was the last time we were in California. I think PGA West, right? Yeah, PGA West. I guess. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. So when we were there for the PGA, I mean, the health department showed up. Like we we're all in tents, like all like tested, and they were breaking us up. <laughs> it was just. It was a nightmare. It is. It, it, it's, it's, nightmare. Nice to, it's nice to see us kind of start getting on the other side of this deal. And and listen, I understand we've had a lot of people that there's been a lot of loss of life and everything that's happened. And and I don't want to act like like John Rom losing the money is all that matters because it's not. I know we've got to keep everybody safe, but it just really felt like there was a better way to handle this. And and I do believe in the tour, and I know they do everything that they think is right, and they, they'll adjust. I do believe there'll be adjustments on the backside of this because. Everything has happened so fast, and I think this happened so fast over the weekend that now they'll be able to adjust moving forward. Yeah, I just – I don't – I can't – I'm surprised it took this long, and it stinks because, we're on, like you said, we're on the backside of this. I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm surprised that something like this didn't happen earlier. Like, I'm surprised, like, how have we not had some sort of breakout? Like, how have we had not some of, like, mass exposure event? Like, right. I know we were all sitting on the range last year in Connecticut. You know, our, was our second or third tournament back. Right. And uh, we were hearing, like, like we're done. Like, there's going to be 10 or 15 positives, and that's it. We're, we're all going home again. So, um, I kind of thought something like that would have happened over the course of this this deal. And it just, you know, it, it sucks for John – he played so good, but at the same time, like, you know, we've had all these protocols in place so that we can keep playing because, you know, Jay, Jay said it great at the players, man. He's like, we're invited guests everywhere we go. We're at the mercy of these local health officials 
And so if we come in, you know, and make all these demands, chances are somebody's tournament is going to get canceled. So we can't, we can't do, you know, perhaps what we think is right. We have to do what, you know, what they think is correct. Right. Um, but John, you know, John's, John's been doing this, you know, we've been doing this for a year now, uh, a little over a year. And, you know, he, he knew, he knew he was exposed and he knew the, he knew the risk. And, um, it's just really, it's, it's unfortunate, but he, he knew, I mean, he knew there was a chance. Right. He did. He knew on Monday, they said there'd been some close contact. He was told, Hey, you can keep playing. You're going to have to test. And if you do test, we'll take a second test to make sure that it's not a false positive. But if you right. do, we're going to have to remove you from the tournament. It's a chance that he took. And unfortunately, yep. um, you know, we did lose the leader who had a six shot lead. He could have shot four of a par yesterday and he still would have won. Yep. I know it's, um, it's awful, man. It's it's really really unfortunate. But John John isn't going anywhere. He's a, he's a great player and and um yeah, I hate it for him. But um, it's just it's just the way of the world, man. We're all we're all aware of it, and um, it was going to happen to somebody. Unfortunately, yesterday was strange too. I don't know how much of it you watched, but yesterday, uh, I believe it was on sixteen or seventeen. Morikawa hits it into the green. It goes over the green. It starts to pour rain. He chips. Then in between his chip and when they were going to let Cantlay putt, they held up play. They stopped. And then when it stopped raining, Cantlay putted, he drains it. Then Morikawa has to drain a long one, and he does. And then he ended up on 18 in a playoff, and and, then Patrick Cantlay won. But it was really a strange turn of events yesterday right there coming down the wire. Yeah, I didn't. I just watched it on my phone. I watched a little bit on Saturday. I watched them all um, tee off Saturday, and, and I watched them tee off yesterday. I didn't see anything that happened. Um, but a rain delay there is certainly nothing that's <laughs> that's odd. Right. I mean, well, they put, you know, I don't know, Patton, Patton had to play 30, 35 holes on Friday. Yeah, it just – it's a rainforest up there, man. It's, it's crazy. It is. It's crazy how much rain they have. Now, you said you weren't watching, and, and from judging by your background – uh, where you're sitting right now. I know you said you were in the barn. Were you out hunting yesterday? No, man. I've been uh I was working. I bought me a new little a new little rifle. I've been putting it together, getting right. everything leveled out. And then um it's it's kind of working season for us right now. I've been I've been at the at the farm spraying and and getting the uh stuff ready for we just got we just got done with here. I'll show y'all the turkeys we got this year. Oh nice. There we go. There's my there's all my turkey fans from this year. Oh wow. And uh, so we just got off turkey season, and we'll be uh, we're getting ready for uh, we'll start planting in probably August, September for the deer, and just trying wow. to keep it all. So you're a busy guy. So there's golf, and then there's that going on too. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's a nice way to keep uh keep busy. Um, it is. I just like being I like being outside, and and um yeah, man, I love it. No, it's love cool. It. Sir, are you still working with Justin Parsons? I am yes. Justin, I started um, right before the players. I guess it would have been 2019. So we're going on, you know, a little over two years now. And now, uh, during during the downtime during the pandemic, did you do a lot of work, a lot of swing changing, or, or were you really just kind of kind of honing what you guys had already started? You know, um, I took a lot of time off during the during the quarantine. Um, I just took advantage of it. Uh, it's really easy to get burnt out on tour. You know, we play so much and um, it's really hard to manage the time that we have. So I kind of took that as like just a, I basically took two months off and didn't do much. And then when I got back, you know, I felt kind of, 
you know, rejuvenated and was ready to work on my swing and ready to, ready to work really hard. So um, as awful as, as the world was, it was a nice, a nice break from golf. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro-level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Wow. Well, you're, you, we're doing a uh, kind of a um, short game week here on the podcast and talking about short game and whatnot. Right now, your short game is really well. When you look at the stats, your uh, strokes gained around the green, you're number 33, and strokes gained putting at 15th. Do, do you work more on your short game than you do your long game? Or, or is it you know kind of like, I know for an amateur, for example, when I work on my long game, my short game goes to crap. And then when you go work on your short game, your long game goes. Right, right. Does it work uh, the same way for you guys? So uh, uh, right before the players this year, um, I'd been playing some great golf and was just kind of floundering around, just, you know, finishing 30th and 25th and 35th and, and not having any good finishes. But I felt like I was playing great. And uh, Justin Parsons really challenged me. He goes, hey, look, man, you're 105th in strokes gain around the green. He's like, that's not – that's not you. That's not getting it done. Like he goes, when we work, you know, I feel like that you have a, like an unlimited ceiling for talent around the green. And I kind of took that to heart and I, I really started taking pride in around the green and, and just kind of realizing that that is also like, those also count. Like that isn't like just a, you know, a throwaway part of the game, which not how I viewed it, but that's just, it just that never seemed that important to me because I've always been pretty good around the greens, but I've never tried to be like a around the green specialist. And I, I just sort of took on that challenge and I started working really hard and, and we built all these different drills and all this different. So now I'm spending much more time around the green. So I've gone from 105th to 33rd in like seven weeks. So, wow. Um, I've been chipping it, chipping it really, really well. And my bunker game has been good. And, and, um, uh yeah I, I usually i usually roll it pretty good I, I don't necessarily work on my putting super hard um i just have a like a set thing that i do kind of every other week and and um i try not to i feel like the putting putting is the most simple part of the game like if you can get to where you can start it online then it's just a matter of being able to read the greens right brian if you if you were saying as as far as amateurs go they spend probably much more time on the driving range than they do around the greens. Would you say that most people's score would improve drastically if they spent more time at the driving range around the green than they do hitting balls? Yeah, I saw I saw a thing the other day where the, the average 90 shooter only makes one more birdie a day than the average 77 shooter or something like that. So it's all just throwaway shots when you're shooting in the 90s. You know, you're just throwing away shots around the greens. And but uh, But you have to remember, too, that if you want to shoot lower scores, then you should spend more time around the green. But if you want to have fun playing golf, then you should just keep hitting balls. Like hitting balls is way more fun than chipping and putting and learning. It is. It, is. it so, really is. 
you know, for a guy who shoots 85 and plays every weekend, like who cares? You know? Right. Yeah. If, if he gets good enough to shoot 78 one time or, you know, he goes to the range three, four nights a week and just pound. I mean, I, I would rather see him just pounding away on the range and, and uh, having fun with it. Than right. Having doing all the stuff that, that will drive you, drive you nuts. Like having to, you know, hit simple chips all day. But, you know, since you focused on this stuff, your, your finishes have been great. You had a T3 at the players. Uh, you were T12 at the Masters, at the uh, 2021 Masters. You were T13 at the RBC, T18 at the Wells Fargo, and T8 at the Schwab. So here, all top 20 finishes. So you're really having a great year. So you're seeing the work with Justin pay off. Yeah, the, my short game, it just – because I've been – I've always been kind of a streaky birdie guy. Like, I make a bunch of birdies, but I go through stretches where I don't make hardly any. Um, so my short game has just helped me – last a little bit longer in those like kind of doldrums of these rounds and it's just bought me time you know it's kept me in the tournament longer and and you know it's shortened the the distance in between you know the kind of the hot hot streaks in those in those rounds so uh, i think the average guy puts a little too much pressure on himself like i saw a stat the other day that the pga tour professional from 150 or 60 yards averages 33 feet from the hole Right, and, and when an amateur hits the ball from 150 and they're 35 feet, they're they're, they're hard on themselves. I mean, I, I think we expect too much. 30 feet from 150 yards out is not a terrible golf shot. Yeah, I, I think it's important in golf to remember that you know it's such an inclusive game, and so many people play it that a lot of people they 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 lose um, they lose perspective when they watch you know, golf on television, they lose perspective of how good those guys are. Like you, you, you don't, it, it, it's like, I can remember I've gone to uh, just a couple NBA games and watching the guys warm up. You're like, Oh my God, like I can't believe how good these guys are. Right. Like you, you see them in the game and they're competing against each other. And it's hard to, you know, you can tell who the great ones are, but they're all so good. I remember I, I watched a, uh, uh, was it the Scalabrine or something? He's a big redheaded dude played in the NBA forever. You know, white dude. He's, he, you know, he's regarded as like one of the worst NBA players to right. have a 15 year career. And he goes, uh, he goes somewhere and he's challenging, everyone's challenging one-on-one and he's absolutely destroying these people. Right. And here he is, he's like, you know, you know, the worst NBA player and he's still right. so much better than anyone, you know, at basketball. <laughs> like that's like, like take the worst tour player. Right. That guy is better than anybody watching at home at two. It's better than anyone they know. Wow. Like, DraftKings sports book is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. I love using DraftKings sports book. It is easy to navigate has plenty of instructions for new betters and nearly limitless ways to get in all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds 
at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TRAVIS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Have you ever been intimidated by another tour player? Have you ever been paired with somebody and you thought, there's just no way in hell I could beat this guy? Yeah, um, Anthony Kim was one of those guys, just one of those guys where you played and you're like, man, how do you ever beat this guy? I mean, how, 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 could you, how can you beat this guy? He was so good, so talented, hit it so far, pure, short game. I remember when I first moved to St. Simons, uh, playing with Lucas Glover right after he won the U.S. Open. It's like, how do you beat this guy? You know, he hits it, hits it so good and so far. His short game is incredible. I got my, my wife calling me. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, uh, so, um, hang on one second. If it's important, go ahead and hey, take it. Kelly, I want a radio interview. I got to go. Love you. Bye. <laughs> there's everything's connected now like my old barn's ringing like, <laughs> hey, Lucas Glover, and then uh i played with rory one day at houston it was pouring rain he shoots 65 i mean just beautiful you know you're like man like how you you know um let's see there's one not long ago I, uh, I played with justin thomas down in mexico and he shoots a 62 or 63 and i mean could have shot 58 i mean it was beautiful right. And so, like, you, you get, like, with these uber-talented guys on the days when they're playing really well, and it's like, man, I got to do a lot of stuff right to beat this guy. Um, but then, you know, I've played with, you know, you, you play with them sometimes, and, you know, you know, you get the feeling like they can't beat me today. And, and that's, right. that's a good feeling, too. And that is just golf. Like, even tour pros have those days where you go out some days it feels great, and then other days it feels just foreign. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Some, I mean, I tell, I tell my caddy country – I use some choice words, but the, the, you know, the feeling is like this, this club feels like, you know, a broomstick right now. I mean, I, I, don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, what do you do like that? When you stand out, like, let's say you go, I, I've heard Justin Thomas say he's had some of the worst rain sessions he's ever had. And then gone out. I think he shot 60 that day or 61 that day in Hawaii. He said he warmed up terrible. You have days like that where you warm up horrible and go out on the golf course and just make yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't like when I warm up really well. Truthfully, I, I, my best uh, my best warm up of the year was the first round of the PGA, and, and I got out and double. I mean, literally, I couldn't couldn't miss on the range. Justin Parsons standing behind me. He's like, "Man, you're ready. This looks so good. Go out the first hole, double, <laughs> like just struggle. You know, miss a cut by. It's the only cut I missed all year. Miss a cut by shot. Just a struggle both days, and uh." You know, and, and then I've had, I mean, I, I, I like kind of easing into the day. I'd rather not, I'd rather hit it better on 18 than I did on the practice range. Right. A lot of times I hit it. I've had more good days hitting it bad on the range than I have hitting it good. Wow. That's crazy. I bet you did. You, you mentioned that you, you missed the cut by a shot at the PGA. How hard, what Phil did at Kiowa, how amazing is that? 
it's amazing because of how bad he's been playing for for the last couple of years. Yeah, I've, I've I've played with him, and you see these incredible shots, and then you just see him do something. And you're like, Phil, come on, man, what what in the world is that? Uh, yeah, I've, obviously being a lefty, Phil was my guy growing up, and and um, he's just so talented. He's so he's fun to play with because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but he, he he just played great, man. I mean, I think he led the field approach to the green, and um, that's what it took there. It was hard to make putts there. It was really hard. That pass foul was tough grass to read. And um, that's that's where that was my undoing. I, I couldn't I couldn't make any putts, and I've got I got to make putts to contend majors for sure. Do you think lengthening these golf courses is the answer? You know, Kia was playing at seven eight hundred yards. I saw yesterday that the Memorial was paying playing somewhere around seventy five seventy six hundred. Is is that the answer moving forward as guys are hitting the ball further? It's not. I don't, I don't think so either. It's not. We're gonna and, and we're gonna run out of room. And the problem is every time someone comes up with a really intelligent answer as to why um, courses shouldn't be so long. It's usually a guy who doesn't hit it that far. Uh. And so it always comes off as sour grapes. Right. So like, like if I were to say like, Oh, Kiowa, like it's ridiculous. It played way too long, which I didn't think it did. But if I were to say that everyone's like, Oh, you're just mad because you can't hit it far. Right. And it's like, well, here's, here's why it, it bugs me is that up until about, you know, 10 years ago like i talk with kevin kisner about this all the time like we never cared about how far we hit it like it just like some guys hit it a little further some guys hit it a little shorter but we never trained as junior golfers to hit it far right and i was like well if if i had trained to hit it far since i was 12 i would hit it 320 but that's not it wasn't golf back then like we just didn't and so now all of a sudden we're getting in like so like it's like it's Kiz's turn, it's my turn, it's Chris Kirk's turn, it's all these guys' turns. So like, oh, it's our turn to contend in these majors. Like we we were we were great junior golfers, great college players, great tour players, and then like you get to these majors, and it's like sometimes it's like, man, I'm hitting, we were hitting five woods in. Like you just, right. it's hard to, it's you know, I got to play so much better uh, than a guy that can carry. But at the same time, the, the only thing that I'm curious about is how long is a guy's career going to be if he's training from the time he's 15 until he's 25 to hit it as far as he can. Right. How long does that, how long does your body take that? Yeah. Cause the fibers in your body aren't made to do that. You, you can't get your tendons and your ligaments and everything stronger. You can get your muscles big, strong, whatever, but your, your, your knees, your elbows, your hands, all that's as strong as it's going to get, you know? Right. And um, I, I don't, I know that that's the only thing that, that, is is the question because right now it's it's a huge advantage and there's and it's not that guys are hitting it further it's just that there's more guys that can hit it far so like i can remember when i first got on tour 2012 i was averaging 287 off the team i think i was like 60th this year i'm 294 and i'm 140th wow so you've gained distance and gone yeah, down. Yeah, i've picked up yardage and club head speed every year i've been on tour and i've gone from 70th to 140th so what is the answer is it narrowing fairways is it lengthening the rough what is the answer we should just play colonial 25 times a year i mean <laughs> it's the shortest place we play all year and 10 under wins every year and this year we had no win for three days the greens are as soft as any place we play but you just if you get out of position you make a bogey you know, right. if you, you know, if you hit it into the woods, you make a bogey. If you miss a green, you make a bogey. It's not, you know, 
I, I don't know. I always, I always think like I, I look at a whole like number ten at um, at Pebble. And yeah. tends tends a short par four. Right. You know, you, you it's a two seventy carry to the you know the widest part of the fairway, but if you get too far to the right, it rolls down into the water. And if you go left, you're into these bunkers that are really hard to play out of to a small pitch green. Right. It's a beautiful hole. And so their answer to that hole is like, well, let's just move it back 40 yards. And so they just move it back 40 yards. Well, now it's now all the characteristics of this hard tee shot are gone. It's just you aim sideways to nothing. You can't get to bunkers. It's just like a two-year-old comes up with this. Right. Like this, is how, this is how my three-year-old son would make this whole harder. He would just, well, dad, we should just take the tee and move it way back there. Right, like, right. It's not, it's not thought out. That's not critical thinking. That's just – and I think we're starting to see that it doesn't matter how long these courses are. It doesn't – if the greens are good, they're receptive, and you can get up and down around the greens, guys are going to shoot way under par. Right, because they're so good. But like Tory, the scores aren't going to be low. The only reason scores aren't going to be low at Tory is because the greens are hard to putt. That's the only reason. If those greens were were pure and you make could make putts like you could at, you know, somewhere on the East Coast, scores would be 10, 12 under. Right now, you now as you get ready for Tory in the U.S. Open, uh, we are recording this on on a Monday, and it is the longest day in golf. We've got all the. Yeah, I was just going on today. today. I forgot I forgot all about it. And you said something. I'm like, oh, I need to look up how all my buddies are doing. There's a lot of guys trying to get into the US Open. I don't think a lot of people realize how many people are fighting to get. I mean, Ricky Fowler's fighting to get in. I saw um um Brandon Grace, who just finished, I think, third yesterday or four. He's in the top. It's hard. It's, it's hard, especially for um it, it's it's hard to stay inside that top 60 in the world. You know, if you play a full PGA tour schedule. You're going to go through stretches to where, you know, you can be playing good golf and be ranked 90th in the world. It's easy. Right. To do. easy. So what do you think will be – what's what's key about Tory this week as far as short game goes? Short game is really important around Tory. Are there certain shots yeah, that you've there, been working on to prepare? Yeah, there it's just getting the ball. If you miss, you got to leave it to where you can be chipping up those hills because um, those hills are so severe. If you get on the wrong side, you just can't keep it within 10 feet. And – um Outside of ten feet, there. I mean, it's Poana greens. They're going to be they're they're going to be hard to putt. I mean, you, you watch Tiger. You watch Tiger make that putt to get in the playoff. I mean, that ball is that ball is doing all sorts of stuff down there. Absolutely, I just saw it this morning. They showed it on Golf Channel, and they've got it from three different angles, and you can oh, see that oh. that ball oscillates both ways on the way to the hole. And I'm sorry, I still believe if that's not Tiger Woods putting that ball, that ball lips out somehow or another. It goes in. The greatest thing about that is watch his head. He puts and like those are the easiest greens to peek on, right? Because you want to see like his head. I mean, he hits it and his head is down. I mean, half for half the putt. It's crazy. It that's, really the greatest, is. that's the greatest part about that. Is that he's it, it so disciplined, great. so ready to hit that putt. All I cared about was hitting a good putt. Didn't care about me. How do you prepare to putt on Poa? Just like that. You just you have to peaking's a big, a big problem. On Poana, that's why guys are always missing short putts. They're always peaking because it's, you know, the ground is, it's uneven. It's not, it's, it's not pure. And it, um, you know, in June, I mean, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get the greens real crispy, and that Poana will be just be up and at it. Now, when will you head out for Tory? I'm gonna go Saturday. I'll play. Uh, 
either nine or 18 Sunday. And then I'll do nine, nine, nine on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And how much, when you do play nine, are you a guy that hits a couple balls off the tee? Or are you more a guy that will work that will be working around the greens to the, where, where you intend the cup uh, placements to be? Now that uh, you know, I've played Tory uh, numerous times, so I've got all my lines off the tee. It'll be mostly just around the greens and, and getting accustomed and, and uh, bunkers and just figuring out just kind of the flow of the, the place and, you know, how it's going to play for the week. Now, seeing you play over the years, you've got that little medium trajectory greenside pitch shot that you hit that spins pretty hard and just stops. A guy like me can never hit that shot. What am I doing wrong that you're doing exactly right? It's all, it's, you know, I, 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 I listened to Jordan the other day talk about hitting a fade, and I was like, I, I don't, I didn't like that. I don't like, um, for me. I tried I, that, by the way. I watched that same video where he that. says every shot's a pull across. I, I it messed me that. all up. I disagree. Jordan, Jordan's my buddy, and he's, he's an incredibly talented man, and he's so great around the greens. But I, I think that, I think that if you ask 20 of the best chippers on tour how they do it, they would all say something different. Like, I think – so, for me, like, I'm trying to hit, like, an open-faced, like, draw. So, I'm always trying. So, you're coming from the inside, like, hitting the ball, say, 4 o'clock. Yeah, but it's like a – it's like a – like a that kind of motion, like an inside, like a draw. Like, because I want that face kind of, like, looking at me when I'm done. Right, 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 right. That's how this. That's the speed. That's what. But, but I, I would imagine that Jordan's probably got a bunch of bounce on his club because he's, you know, he's a steeper chipper. I, I, I want zero on the bottom of my lob blades. Zero. No bounce. No bounce. Nothing. I like clipping it right off of the, right off the lid. You're not concerned with the leading edge grabbing. Because that's what I do. I hit that leading edge. It digs in. It's still sitting in the same spot. If you're leading it, it's usually the heel. It'll usually be the heel. So you got to get the heel up off the ground. You know what? I've seen that. I've seen some guys where the toe looks like it's a little down. They've got it sitting instead of, you know, like this. They've got it sitting up. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I chip, like, if I get a really awful eye, see if I can get this. Yeah, there you go. Really awful eye, and I'll I'll creep in like this. Okay. Go forward. That way that heel's gone. So the ground's here, right? Right. So then got it lined up off the toe, especially into the grain. So that way the whole bottom doesn't grab. It's just the toe. That's right. Wow. See, I'm telling you, we we learn stuff every single week here on the Stripe Show podcast. See, I'm, I'm going to go practice my short game now. Yeah, hand, high hands, high hands, almost kind of like a putting stroke. And it's not going to spin. It's not going to be fancy. But I remember um, I said something to Justin Parsons one day, and he's like, oh, that, that's that's really well put. I think we were either the players or Harbortown. I was like, yeah, you've got to be prepared around here to like get up and down ugly. Like you got to be prepared to hit an ugly shot and get up. Right. Like get into the grain. Like it ain't pretty, right? But it's got teeth, right? Like it may not be, it may not be the one that makes a highlight reel, but it'll make you par. I mean, that T three at the players was was a good top three finish. You're talking. Justin Thomas won it, but everybody was watching Bryson and uh, and 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 Lee Westwood, and you got right. in a, a third place finish there. I mean, and TPC Sawgrass is not an easy golf course. It's not. No, it's not. It's not, and it's another one. You know, it's not long. It's not a long golf course. Mm-mm. It's not long, and uh, there's numerous short holes. And what what did, what did Jay? I even forget what we shot there, but couldn't have been. I think you wanted like. 12 under or something. Yeah, it wasn't a lot, but I mean, all the talk was on. You know, was on Bryson. Uh, whether he was going to play 18 over to the left side on the other side of the lake, and they made wow, that out of bounds. Yeah, do that. Not with an out of bounds over there. <laughs> no, so they changed that, but then Lee Westwood played out of his mind that week. 
Yeah, he played well the week before and that week. He was kind of on a heater there. Yeah, it really was. That was a good, good finish. Um, I would be remiss bringing up Bryson if I didn't ask you, <laughs> what do you make of this Bryson and Brooks deal that's going on? I mean, who cares? Who cares? It's <laughs> they said Bryson was having guys thrown off the golf course at Memorial for yelling Brooksy, and I saw Brooks's little thing on social media with uh, Miller Lights. Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to – see, this is why social media is just the end of all of this because, you know, Bryson comes out and says, oh, I'm living rent-free in this guy's head, but then he gets heckled, and then he gets the guys thrown off. It's like, well, obviously <laughs> – you're thinking about it too. <laughs> like it's not, it's always not a one way. I'm just glad I'm not famous enough to where I don't have to have fake feuds. To... Is, is there any chance they get paired together at the U S open? Do you think there's any chance? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The USGA likes, likes having their fun. I wouldn't be surprised. I would love to see it. Do, do you think the tour should step in and, and put a stop to this or, or, or is it, or is this good for golf? Uh, you know, I think it's fine. I think it's probably good for golf. I'm not sure it's attracting the kind of clientele we want, but it's certainly making us making it more, you know, put more eyeballs on it. But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked too much into it. I've watched the video of, you know, Brooks getting upset at Bryson, which <laughs> yeah, he just, I'll, he I'll just, admit, I watched it, I watched it five times. I'm going to admit I did. I watched it at least 15 times because I wanted to hear what he said. You've got the guy on a spot. I mean, I've been there to where the last thing you want to do is talk to the media when you get done getting beat in a golf tournament. You know, when he, he had a chance to win and got beat. And it sucks, man. And um, you know, we get beat more often than we win. And uh it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to manage, especially for a super competitive guy like Brooks. And and uh he don't want to be there. He don't want to talk to anybody. He wants to go get in his car and go home and beat the hell out of something. I mean, I All get right. it. Yeah, you know? right, I get it. And uh, I love those two bows behind your uh, behind your shoulder yeah, there. We got the we got the the old the old one. I can't yep. see the old one and the new one. Wow. So you uh, use those for turkey hunting? No, nah, those are uh, deer and elk. Deer, deer and elk. Wow. Two nice elk. Last two years, I haven't gotten the heads back yet, but I got a freezer full of meat. We eat on. We probably eat wild meat here. Probably three, four nights a week in my house. That's awesome. My kids love it. That's awesome, man. I do, I do have to ask one uh, story from you. So we share a friend. He's my neighbor. He works for the PGA Tour. And I know that you uh, know him from Charlotte, Stuart Moore. Now, Stuart told me he's one of the few people that's ever fined you and that it's a pretty yeah. good story. So what happens? Uh, it's my 10th season on the PGA Tour, and I've got a temper, and I've got no fines. Fine-free. I've gotten off on technicalities a couple times. I'll admit that. But Stuart fined me. I'm the only person to ever get fined after a play had concluded. I lost in the playoff. I missed the putt, threw my putter up in a tree. And I get, you know, it was like a $200 fine. We're all broke. We're all playing for, you know, for nothing on the mini tours. So he finds me. And I'm like, Stuart, the tournament was over. Like, I, I, this, this is, is a part of my own coping mechanism now. Like, right. But, yeah, that's I, I got fined once there, once on the Hooters tour. I think I'm on my only, only two fines. But never on the PGA tour. Never on the PGA tour. I'm sure now they'll, they'll, they'll see this interview and they'll, 
they'll catch me on camera. <laughs> What's your uh, what does your schedule look like moving forward, Brian? I got the U.S. Open, then I got Travelers. I'm not going to go to Detroit, um, and then I'll play the John Deere uh, British Open and 3M. Wow, so you got a loaded schedule coming up. Yeah, it's my last two-week off break of the year because then after um, – so I, I forget what's after 3M. Oh, the Olympics. Um, I'll have that week off, and then uh, hopefully be in Memphis. I'll be in Memphis through the rest of the year, hopefully. Wow, that's awesome. Well, a big stretch towards the end. It is. There's a lot, a lot of golf coming up, a lot of important golf coming up. But uh, you're playing well. Good luck to you. Most of all, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You got it. And uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Good luck. Keep playing well. And uh, I'll do my best to get your money back from Stuart. I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll <laughs> hustle it out of him at the pool table. I'm going to make him take me out to dinner one night now that, he's, now, now that he works for the mothership. And I'll, uh, I'll get my money back. You got it. Brian, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate yeah, it. All right. Thank care. you, buddy. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.